am I'm just excited for the number of people at Meadowbrook who believe that God has commissioned and empowered them to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and his people and advance his kingdom and you take that so literally to heart. It's, it's part of the purpose of your being, why you believe that God has placed you here on the earth. Believing that the Holy Spirit has endowed you, commissioned you to minister in a manner that edifies, that it builds up, brings up the body of Christ here. It's little wonder that the Apostle Paul would write very specifically about that. Romans chapter 12, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So we believe that God has given us gifts and we believe that we are inclined to use them, which leads us into the text for today, which is 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to be focusing on verse 10 and 11 today. Follow along with me in your Bible as you read God's word, as each has received a gift Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Boy, if you're one to mark in your Bible, that little section there is good stewards of God's varied grace has a lot of impact. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God and whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I love the way that Peter writes, and when there's just a truth that sort of overwhelms him, he cannot stop from writing a doxology. Just a, a quick statement of praise about God, just giving him glory and then when he thinks about the magnitude of God's varied grace being delivered out and doing so through individuals like him, he cannot stop but just say, glory and dominion belong to Christ, just recognizing the significance of that. So in God's goodness to Meadowbrook, he has dispersed varied gifts to every one of us, calling to manage those gifts of grace by exercising them in a manner that exalts Christ Jesus and brings good to the people. So if I were going to give you a point that I wanted you to really focus on early in this text, it would be, you manage God's varied grace to Meadowbrook well when you exercise the gift that he has given to you which is what verse 10 is stating. As each has received a gift, because everybody has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I'm a big fan of Psalm 139. If there's a psalm that really moves me and gives me purpose, it's Psalm 139. I, I can't tell you the number of times that I've read that, reflected on that. Uh, probably every week it draws to my heart and my attention, my mind. I concentrate on it, meditate on its treasure for my life and the lives of people around me. Verse 13 and verse 16 speak to this kind of idea we're talking about. The psalmist says, for you form my inward parts, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days 
them came about. Look what he says here, that the very purpose of God was intentional by you being created in your mother's womb. God knows your purpose. God knows what he has in store for every day of your life. Every one of them were written down before one of them came about. So knowing that, God begins to knit you together, to fashion you very specifically, very purposefully, because he wants to manifest, reveal, or show his grace to people through you. So he knits you together in a way that you would have capacity to receive his gift of grace and then thereby exercise that gift of grace to other people so that they would widely know his varied grace by you being obedient to the way that God has formed you. So knowing every day before one of them came about, he created you uniquely for the purposes of the day and the opportunity of the day. And your assignment and my assignment is to manage this distributed grace well. I want you to think about the significance of that. God has significant grace that he's extending in a variety of ways. And he says to us, I'm going to let you be the manager. I'm going to resource it in you. I'm going to treasure it in you, and then I need you to manage it well. I need it to be broadcast widely. I need it to be deeply applied. I need it to build up richly the church, and I've chosen you. I've fashioned you together. I've put you together specifically for my own purposes. I know what those purposes are every day before one of them comes about. Now you manage it well. Now regarding the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that have been entrusted to us, the question is not whether or not we have them. The question is, are we managing them well or not? You've got them. According to God's word, you have his gifts. The real question is, are you a good manager or are you a poor manager of that which God has treasured in you? And that brings question, doesn't it? Lord, are you finding me faithful? Uh, do you find me with the richness of the truth that you have given this varied gift to me in order to me to exercise it to other people? Now, just to make sure that we're all connecting with this truth, let me rephrase it a little bit. God uniquely fashions each of us through the Holy Spirit for Christ-exalting ministries that exalt the Spirit or edify the saints of the Spirit to extend His mission of grace throughout the world to sinners as well. He gives us talents and abilities and spiritual gifts and resources that are specific to the church's need and the ministry of Christ calling us to manage those resources well. Everybody tracking with that? God's the giver of the gift. You have been entrusted with the gift. Now he's calling you and empowering you by his spirit to manage the gift well. So, Meadowbrook, that means that we are collectively a masterpiece of the Spirit of God. That there's no other church like us. That God has dipped his brush into the array of goodness and grace, and he has painted a priceless rendering of his beloved son called Meadowbrook. We are to demonstrate, portray, and be that very image of Jesus Christ to this community, to our state, to our nation, and the world. 
So far more extraordinary than da Vinci or Van Gogh or Rembrandt or Picasso, the Holy Spirit's masterfully arranged each gift of color on a canvas, causing people to marvel at his grace and his glory by what you and I are demonstrating by the hand of the Spirit of God. So the church is the Lord's masterpiece. Every stroke of color that is applied on the canvas is to paint an overarching beauty of the art that God wants people to know. So similarly, God has chosen and placed every person in this church, not just for the stroke that you are demonstrating God's glory, but overarching is this masterpiece called Meadowbrook that God by his spirit has uniquely stroked every color with every member who is here and applied every season of goodness and grace into your life that in this moment you might demonstrate him and that you might do it well. Imagine for a moment if somebody wiped away some of the color of a Rembrandt work of art, removing some of the painting that he had applied. Imagine if you took a shade of red out from this image or a little bit of the yellow or a little bit of the blue and that color was never to be reflected on that canvas again. It would diminish the beauty of the, the work, wouldn't it? You would say something's just not quite right with the work that Rembrandt has put together because every missing shade would reduce the splendor of the master work that Rembrandt has put together. And not only would you say, I'm not sure about this work, you would even call to question the glory of Rembrandt. Which that's ridiculous, isn't it? one of the most masterful artists that the world has ever known. But in like manner, God intends for every member of Meadowbrook to serve others the gift that God has placed within them, treasured in them, in a way that extends God's goodness and grace so that not only are you demonstrating God's goodness and grace, but overarching in this grand masterpiece of the Spirit of God, it sta we stand back and others do too and say, wow, is God not incredible? Look what he's doing at that church. Look at the grace that's being applied. Now notice the beginning of verse 10 again. Each has received a gift. Now, look, he didn't say 99% of you have received a gift. He didn't say 99.5% of you have received a gift. He said each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another. In other words, as liberally as God has extended his gift of grace, which is to everybody, serve with the same generosity. As God has been generous by giving this to everybody, make sure that everybody is serving that gift to one another. Use it to serve others. So God is very matter-of-fact about his gift-giving, isn't he? He says, I give it to everybody. He's indiscriminate. If you're in his family, if you are in his son, if you're connected to him, he's connected to you, then he gives a gift to you. And he says of that gift, serve it to everyone. And because if everybody is involved, then God's grace is widely dispersed. So God gives his gift to every one of us, giving us opportunity to have a wide disbursement of his varied grace to the congregation and beyond the congregation, out of these walls to the world as well. If you 
could understand the vastness of the gift that God is giving, uh, you could understand this illustration. Meadowbrook, so far this year, has given about $300,000 to missional work that we're directly linked to. Now, we didn't give that $300,000 to one mission association or one missionary. Instead, what we decided to do is disperse it. We have about 21 direct relationships with missionaries that we fund that missionary or the mission organization that they're very much part of. And we're partnered with them. We have a long-term relationship with them. So we, we partner in that way. We also give through the cooperative program to the Southern Baptist Convention to about 10,000 missionaries and chaplains through the North American Mission Board and the International Mission Board. And we do that very purposefully because we believe that rather than giving it to one, we would give it to thousands, tens of thousands, so that in giving it to a wider range of people, God's very grace, his gospel would be more far-reaching and widely known. I mean, that's just common. If you singular silo it to one organization or one person, then you're going to have a very specific gift and its disbursement. But if you give it to a lot of different people, then those people are connected in a lot of different ways all over the world, and we will have a greater impact for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, in the same way, God says, I'm not going to give my very gift to one church or one church of a state or one nation with the church there. I'm going to give it to every believer, and every believer is going to take my varied grace, and he's going to disperse it, or she's going to disperse it all over the world in every way that that individual can impact the kingdom. So God is so masterful at this. He's indiscriminate at giving his gift to all those who are part of his faith family. And in doing so, he says, now make sure you serve others with it. I can tell you, if we have a mission organization or a missionary that takes the resources that have been entrusted to us and we give that to them in hopes that they're going to use it for kingdom impact, but instead they go out and buy a Mercedes-Benz, we are not going to give them resources anymore. If they use it for themselves, it's no longer going to be that we're going to give them those resources. But instead, if they use it for others, if they use it for kingdom impact, we are generous with them because they make great investments, eternal investments. And so God says of us, what I give to you in this gift that I'm manifesting my grace through you, I don't want you to use it for yourself. I want you to use it for others. I want you to be others-focused. So God gives gifts, and he widely disperses it, those talents, gifts, abilities that are entrusted to us for the use of other people. So we don't hoard those things, but instead we are generous with God's grace as God is generous with his grace to us. We want to be benevolent managers. Now think of the impact when God lavishes grace on the church through each member who he makes responsible for managing that grace well, consider God's grace that is withheld when teachers don't teach. Consider God's grace when singers no longer sing. Consider God's grace when benevolent people no longer are benevolent. Consider God's grace when those with mercy, the heart of mercy, no longer extend mercy. Consider God's grace when the hospitable no longer say, hello, how are you? 
Welcome to Meadowbrook. Consider God's grace that gets damned up when individuals who have received it say, I don't think I'm going to disperse this today. Or I don't think I'm going to disperse this in this season of my life. Or I'm kind of tired. I think I'm going to pull back and just let it be that I don't do that anymore. What happens in that moment is not about you. What happens in that moment is about God's grace not being able to be given to people that he wanted to know him richly as a good and gracious God. So we have to think about things very differently. Please, when I ask you to give, when I ask you to serve, when I ask you to teach or anybody else because it's obvious that God has treasured in you a gift to do those things, please do not tell me you're going to pray about it. There is nothing to pray about. God has already given you the gift. It's evident that God has given you the gift. You have the talent and the ability. All he's asking of you is be a good manager. If you're going to pray about it, let it be this. Lord, with your spirit's empowerment, let me manage this gift well. Let people know your grace. Let people know your goodness because I demonstrate that goodness and grace by exercising the gift that you have treasured to me. Let that be your prayer. If you're not engaged actively in God's grace gift, then ask him today, Lord, change my heart, change my mind. Let me be resourceful as a manager unto you. Be a generous manager of grace. And keep giving and keep serving because God's gift to you is inexhaustible. You think, well, I think I'm going to just burn out. No, no, no. The gift is inexhaustible. It's the way you were created. He knit you together in your, your mother's womb for this time, for this life, so that you might serve him well. So God's call to us as stewards or managers is to be that of grace. Now, if you remember in the biblical way, uh, we get our term economy from this Greek New Testament word which is translated steward or manager. And a steward or a manager is somebody who is entrusted with the belongings of somebody else. Maybe it's the land or it's the farming resources or it's the people that are working alongside because the guys employed them, or it's the woman who hires a steward to help manage the household. And all the things that the, the person has is now entrusted to the steward, to the manager. And the individual is to manage those resources well. Now, there's a common truth in this, a common principle. That steward recognizes that nothing that is in their possession actually belongs to them. It belongs to somebody else. And that individual has been entrusted with all the resources of the owner in order to manage those resources well for the owner so that there is a, 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 a greater investment, a greater dividend, a greater reward for the owner because of the management. And in that way, Peter is using this term. This isn't about money or land or supplies or food or other resources. This is about God's grace resources that has been entrusted to us, and it belongs to God, and he's saying, I want you to manage it. I want you to steward it well. Uh, that voice that you have that's so rich and beautiful and sound, that doesn't belong to you. God is saying, that belongs to me. Steward it well for my kingdom. The money that you're holding in your account, that's not for you to hoard. That's for you to steward well because that actually belongs to me. If you don't believe me, 
see what happens when you take your last breath. Make sure you're stewing that well. The grace, the mercy, the justice, the strength, the stamina, the hospitality, every means that you have that I have given to you, the gift that I have given you, it belongs to me, and I'm asking of you, steward it well. I'll even give you my Holy Spirit who will empower you to do so. Steward it well. Just be a good manager of that. Because when it comes to God's resources, that's what he's telling us and that's what he's asking of us. We must understand it belongs to the Lord and our job is to manage it well. So the question is not if we're going to serve, but how might we serve best to impact others with the gospel or with the grace of God by stewarding the resource well? The decision for teachers can't be whether they're going to teach or not, but how can they manage the teaching gift God has given them well so that others know more richly the goodness and grace of God. The same is true for every person in every gift. So what is the gift that God has given you? What is that? Everybody has at least one. What is that gift? It's a talent, ability, a gift that God's Spirit supernaturally empowers for the benefit of the church and for the benefit of the ministry of Jesus Christ. What is that? Now, in case you think this has to be really difficult, it doesn't. Peter gives us just two categories. He says basically it's going to come down in one of two categories. It's going to come down to a speaking gift or it's going to come down to a serving gift. When you think about the speaking gifts, these are like the teachers, the preachers, those who testify, those who sing, those who write, those who share in evangelism, or any other expression of God's word, the Bible, the oracles of God. So teaching and discipling and evangelizing and encouraging and that kind of stuff in life group or breakouts or singing in one of our choirs or leading in the Good News Club or being on mission or helping write the Meadowbrook curriculum in our life groups or any host of opportunities that have to do with the Word of God, exercise those gifts with great management knowing that you are actually dispersing the grace of God. Now, here's a qualifier. If you have a speaking gift, then you need to be speaking it as it's the oracles of God. All right, sometimes we can kind of get into the mundane of our, of our work. If you're a life group teacher, you're thinking, oh, man, i got to study again, and I've got to present it well to my life group today on Sunday. And No, 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 no. You have opportunity to read and know and communicate the oracles of God. That's a big deal. So when you sit to teach and you begin to engage people with this word, you come at them with the oracles of God, the very word of God. I'm telling you, choir, you're not just singing what you've been rehearsing. You are singing the oracles of God. So it ought to be on your face that we believe that you're singing God's word to us and that you're believing in it. It's impacting your life. So sing the oracles of God. And when you come alongside people and disciple them, it's not that you're just there to cheer them up and to pep them up. No, my friends, you are communicating to them the life of the oracles of God, championing those oracles into their lives. I think we ought to do it with the understanding of what we're communicating. If you have a speaking gift, man, what an amazing opportunity you have to exercise God's grace by communicating his word. That's just the first 
of the two categories that Peter mentions. The second is the service gifts. And I'm talking about helping and nurturing and ministries for the benefit of other people. The wider range of people in the church have this, a serving gift. So if you're a greeter, and usher, somebody who once a quarter signs up to help us with the nursery, which that ought to be everybody in this room, our children's ministry or our student ministries, or maybe you're a minister over at Cafe 59 serving up some of the greatest coffee in Gadsden, or maybe you help on Wednesday night with our food service team, or you're somebody who puts on event planning and serving in that event, or you're a committee member or a team member, or you lovingly approach somebody on Sunday in order to greet them with the name of Christ and his grace, or you're visiting the sick or helping the hurting, or you're back in the room for the media team or back in the production room right now making sure that the radio and the live stream is going well or you're preparing and serving a meal or any other of a thousand plus ways you can serve. Here's what Peter says, serve in a manner that people know you're doing so with the strength that God supplies. This isn't to be something that's just minor This is, I'm standing on this parking lot, and I'm about to make everybody who walks near me know that I'm serving with the strength of God. You're going to need that, by the way, when it's November and cold and rainy, that you serve with the strength of God. And when you're putting that meatloaf and cream potatoes and green beans and dinner roll together, and you're putting it on a tray over at Way of the Cross, and you look up at somebody with the hope of Jesus Christ in your heart, may they receive that tray knowing that those people right there, they serve with the strength of God. This isn't just something we do. This isn't a civic organization. This is God's service. This is God's grace. This is God's strength. This is something that I'm extending that goes beyond what I'm capable of doing on my own. This isn't just some natural ability that I have. No, I believe this is God's manifest grace given to me, to the church, and I'm going to do it in the strength that God supplies. And there are going to be times that you're going to be tired and weary and you're going to be worn out. You're going to want to quit And you rise up in the midst of that and you say, oh, God, with your strength and your strength alone that you'll supply, I want to continue serving Jesus Christ because there's a day of rest coming in heaven, but this is not the day of rest. This is the day of service. With the strength that you supply, I'll serve you. So God is glorified when you fully engage in the speaking and the serving gifts that he has entrusted to you and called you to manage. So what gift has he entrusted to you? That's the question of the day. What is the gift that God has entrusted to you for you to manage? You you might say, I really don't know. Well, let me give you a few questions that will help you narrow it down. What is it that you do well? What is it that you do well? That just very well may be the gift that God has supplied you. He has given you the gift and you do it well. Maybe fellow Church members have affirmed this in your life. That is very much a biblical model that the church would come alongside and say, this is where I see God's grace in you. If you're a teacher, surely you've heard people say, man, when you speak, God speaks to me. Now, if that's the case, that you haven't heard that, it may be that that's not God's gift for you. 
And you need to be doing something else. But the church ought to be verifying the gift that you are exercising. Uh, If you're thinking you're a singer and it's evident to us that you're not a singer, don't be hurt when we say uh, maybe you ought to be a teacher. (laughs) What do people thank you for the most? What is it that people recognize God's goodness in you and they just thank you for serving in that way? What do you do when you sense God is in the very midst of it? I know that there is a preaching, teaching gift that God has extended to me. It's part of his very grace to the church that is given to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Listen, when I was 16 years old, I preached my first message, and I was so overwhelmed that God would be in the midst of that that I wept like a baby for a long, long time. Why, Lord, why would you give me that gift? It doesn't make sense, but yet he does. In the midst of your gift, you'll know that God is there, and that's of him. What is it that you're doing that glorifies God and satisfies you simultaneously? What is it that you sense such satisfaction at the same time God is glorified? That, more than likely, is the gift that God has given to you. So what is it? that God has entrusted to you that he wants you to manage well. I'm going to tell you that has an impact on people. When you exercise that, God's grace is demonstrated through you. His goodness is known through you. That impacts people. It's not hard to imagine, but I want you to imagine for a moment a young family that has been invited by somebody at Meadowbrook to come to Meadowbrook. Maybe they've been sharing God's good news with them, the message of salvation. Maybe they've had a difficult spot in their life, and this person has been discipling them and telling them, come, join me at Meadowbrook on Sunday morning. And as soon as they drive up on the parking lot, they find that there are people out there that are greeting them. In the parking lot of all places, they're greeting them and helping them across the road and moving them towards the building. And there they find lay ministers who warmly welcome them as they open the door for them. And right inside Guest Connections, they find their friends who said, I'll meet you right there in Guest Connections when you come in the front door. And there they have greeters that are introducing them to themselves and introducing themselves to them and offering to take them and their little ones over to the preschool area. And they walk all along the way. And as this young couple is walking past, the father of the family says, man, I don't know these people, but obviously they believe in worshiping a king. This place is amazing. And the mom thinks, look how they love on each other. Look at the joy and the laughter. And I think I'm coming back for one of those seminar roles. And when they get over to our preschool area, They're greeted by not just staff, but they're greeted by lay people. And they realize that we take security seriously. And there we have a host of lay ministers who are showing great love and affection for those little ones. And they walk out of that space thinking, this is going to be okay. And they come and they gather in here and they begin to hear the singers sing. And they hear the musicians play 
And people who are seated around them love on them and encourage them, invite them to life group, and they settle down in their seats and they say, oh, God, speak to my heart. I think this is a place where you can speak to me. And they begin to hear God's message, and they're impacted by it. And they had no idea that just their friend's invitation would put them on a pathway to know God's grace because so many people were managers of his varied grace. They had no idea. They couldn't even explain it. All they know is that they sensed it. They knew it. And it put them in a posture to say, oh, God, speak to my heart. Speak to me today. I'm telling you, every person has been given a gift, and if we will exercise it, it helps a broad number of people. And it's not just those in this room. It's those outside of this room, outside of the walls of this church, off this property, where you can have a tremendous impact. Who would have ever thought that a church from Gadsden, Alabama, would have a global impact? I'll tell you a church that's doing that. It's Meadowbrook. Because we have so many people that believe God's varied grace is given to them to be exercised, to be managed well. I'm grateful for that. As some of you might be struggling with that. You might automatically be discounting that kind of work in your life. You might be saying, I'm not worthy of that, or I'm unable of that, or I'm unneeded. But in reality, this is not a question of you when you come to that point. You're actually questioning God's very grace that he said he would give to everybody. And when you do that, you're not discounting you. You're discounting him. I know you wouldn't intentionally do that, but it is the case. So I'm going to ask you to back up and just say, God, if your word is true, and it is, and you said that you would give a gift to everyone, and you did, I'm going to trust you for that. And if it's a speaking gift, may I speak the oracles of God. And if it's a serving gift, let me do it with the strength that you will provide. And I trust that your grace will be more greatly known because of it. Use me, Lord. So God has a rule regarding his very grace that is dispersed among the members of his church, and that is that he requires that we use them with certainty that he will supply the strength and he will replenish all that is required. And when Peter came to that conclusion, he couldn't help but praise God, which is why he wrote that last verse there, the doxology. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So God desires us to serve Christ and his church with the strength and resources that he entrusts to us, bringing him glory and expressing his power, which prompts us to praise him. I struggle still with the idea that God has called and gifted me in a manner that would edify his church been a long time since I was 16 years old. I still struggle with that. So it's my job to come back to God's grace. Lord, this is a gift. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. This is grace. To you be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's where you got to come to. You don't deserve it. It's a gift. 
To him belongs power, dominion, and glory. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you first for the gift of salvation, that which has been extended to us while we were yet sinners as Christ came to die for us. We thank you for that. If there's some in this room that have yet to surrender their heart and life to you, receive you by faith, be made new in Christ Jesus, I pray that this will be the day they would do so. But your gift continues, doesn't it, Lord? It moves beyond our salvation through our sanctification, giving us opportunity to serve the church well and reach into a lost world and show them the gospel of Christ. So to every person, Lord, thank you for the gift. May we be found faithful to use it, manage it well by serving other people. In Jesus' name, amen.